And away we go with another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. Scott here across the way is Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Great, Scott. I'm excited to, I'm heading off on vacation in a few uh, days, so I'm um, anxiously awaiting a few days of, of warmer weather. But it's actually been, been not too bad these days. So here we are in February and looking forward to uh, moving on to the spring. Well, we've got a, a tasty beverage here, one that I'm not familiar with. I know it's not one we've had uh, before, at least when I've been uh, here. So I am very eager uh, to, try, to try this. And also a new guest as well, talking about something that impacts uh, everybody, whether you are specifically in the town that he works in or or elsewhere you know we're, we're talking some law enforcement today and i think we're going to get a nice uh, deep dive into that which will be a lot of fun and and educational for a lot of people it will uh, our guest today is going to be chief matthew kelm he is the chief police of chippewa falls um Obviously, policing has been a huge topic, uh, both locally and nationally. So it'll be great getting his perspective on, you know, how things are going in our community. And he, we want to make sure he will be enjoying a beverage, but he is off duty. So, uh, so the mayor and all the, the good citizens of Chippewa Falls know that uh, he's doing this on his own time, and uh, he's not here in, in, in official capacity whatsoever. So. Uh, what we're Out of do. uniform and everything. He's, yeah. got, he's got the civilian clothes on. He's ready to roll. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to be enjoying, though, our libation today is going to be a Conway's Irish Ale. It's from Great Lakes Brewing. That's out of Cleveland. And what was interesting to me is going through, it caught my eye that they have a photo of an uh, probably a turn-of-the-century police officer on the cover. So <laughs> I, I felt that was kind of a good motivator. An Irish ale should be uh, more of a, a lager type. Um, toasty and malty, it says. Toasty and malty. So I've never had this before. I've had one from Great Lakes or a great brewer, so we'll give it a shot. Well, it'll be good, and we're still in winter time, so... Uh this is the perfect time to have these. It will be. Well, how about you bring Officer Kelm yeah. on board? Let's do that while uh, Jerry uh, pours the uh, the beverages. Uh, welcome on board, uh, Police Chief. And uh, let, let's start right off uh, right, right off with this, a chance to introduce yourself uh, for those who may not be as familiar uh, with you. Uh, give us a little bit of the, the background and what led you to the current position. Sure. So my name is uh, Matthew Kelm. I am the chief of police for the Chippewa Falls Police Department. Um, you know, I grew up over, uh, I, I've always lived in Wisconsin, grew up over on the east side, went to school down in uh, Platteville. Uh, I ended up getting hired in Chippewa Falls uh, in 1999, just in time for Y2K. <laughs> so, um, and I, I spent my whole career there. I, I, I got married to uh, here in Chippewa. And uh, I've slowly progressed through the ranks until uh, I am the chief of police right now. So it's been a great journey. I really, looking back on my career, I wouldn't want to do anything else, and I wouldn't want to do it anywhere other than here. It's just been a, a great supportive community for, for myself and for law enforcement. What interests you in getting into this line of work? Sure. So uh, when I went to... To college, I kind of went there to Platteville because, you know, there's two things basically in Platteville at that time was, uh, you know, engineering and law enforcement. My dad was an engineer, so I'm like, I'll give that a shot. 
and uh, that quickly uh, didn't work out for me because the math was was way too much. So I switched over to to criminal justice because I wanted to do something with meaning. I wanted to do something uh, outside uh, where I could uh, interact with people and and kind of have a little bit more freedom. Um, and again, the, the meaning component became more and more important to me the more I learned about the profession going through college. And then especially when I did my internship with the Appleton Police Department, uh, that was it for me. I was like, that's, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. So, um, yeah, that's why I got, how I got into it. Well, gentlemen, let's uh, clink them and drink them. All right, here we go. Well, that's a good uh Wintertime mm, beverage. Not bad. Not bad at all. So that'll be tasty, and that will, as uh, Jerry likes to say, uh, lubricate the uh, conversation <clears throat> for the next uh, little bit. Uh, just uh, just one more thing there, and I know Jerry's got a, a great list of questions that, uh, as he was running off of them in the, the pre-show meeting, they're, they're all the same questions I was thinking of, but I will uh, throw this out here before we uh, we continue on. You, you tell us a little bit about the, the at-home life uh, uh, wife, kids, what do you what do you have? Yeah, so I, I live in Chippewa Falls. I live in the city. Uh, I have uh, two kids, a boy and girl, in uh, high school and middle school. And my wife's an attorney in town. Um, so that makes for interesting dinner <laughs> conversation sometimes. A, a lot of people wonder how that works out, but it works out great for us. Uh, she sees my side, I guess, if you want to call it that, a little bit more, and I see hers, you know. And it kind of, I think it, I think it's helped us both in our respective professions. Well, Chief, I think that's a great segue to begin with. So, I mean, obviously, uh, the world that we live in right now is a little more dicey in terms of at least uh, criminal activity, um, issues with, with, with public uh, inter interfacing with, with the police force. How is that with you at home? I mean, does your, you know, does your, your wife, your family, I mean, at one time it was, uh, you know, uh, almost universal respect for, for, for police and um is, is that still the case, especially in Chippewa Falls and the Chippewa Valley? And is there any nervousness at home? Uh, well, you know, I'm a police officer, so I have been for 20, 24 years. So um, it just kind of goes with, for me, it just kind of goes with the job. Uh, you know, I sit with my back to the wall when, it, when I'm out at restaurants. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around when I'm, even, even if I'm off duty, it's just... It just kind of gets ingrained in you. So, um, but as far as nervousness, like around my personal life, I, I live across the street from another police officer, and so there's there's several officers right in my right in my backyard, which is which is nice. Um, but no, I Chippewa Falls is a safe community by and large. I mean, the, the things that happen here happen everywhere, but um, by and large, it, it is a safe community. I feel safe. I have my kids go to school here. I have feel safe. I have my wife work here, and and, and uh, you know going to events and special things here in town is if you have a 24 year kind of a runway to look at is crime increasing in Chippewa Falls or the Chippewa Valley and if so are there certain areas that are more prevalent than maybe what they were 10 or 20 years ago well as far as crime increasing I, I think we are seeing an increase in uh, in you know methamphetamine and drugs and those kind of things and um, and the resulting crimes of those, and that's you know the the state and the, and the county have really um, you know they've they've seen that and they've taken measures to address it, like the meth task force we have in Chippewa County. That's specifically there for that uh, reason. 
and things like starting Crime Stoppers and getting education in the schools and the other things that they're working on is how they're addressing that. But yeah, I mean, it's a concern. We just, uh, I don't know if you follow us on Facebook or not, but or, or in the news, but, you know, we had a whole rash of, of uh, catalytic converter thefts here recently, and that was, uh, that's something that's sweeping the nature, nation. And um, luckily we were able to arrest a person who was, in, who was actually had, uh, had uh, been the suspect in the lion's share of those here recently, but it, it is something that, that we're still, you know, that still happens. I guess I have noticed um, recently um, a disturbing trend, really. Um, we have seen uh, an increase in domestic violence that I've seen, violent incidents that are occurring, and, and hopefully it's just a, a short trend, but I don't like reading those in the calls. Uh, our officers do a great job responding to them, but but I wish they just wouldn't be happening. And uh, I know our officers run into resistive subjects, it seems like, more often, either verbally or, or physically in, in some cases, and, and that's a disturbing trend. Has this been growing steadily throughout your career, or has kind of COVID launched into a new realm? No, you know, it, it kind of comes and goes. I know that the uh, generation of officers before us, um, there was a lot of physicality at that time, but they didn't they didn't have a lot of the tools that we have with uh, tasers and pepper spray and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I think it, m- most of the interactions our officers have, if it is a use of force, it is typically just, you know, holding on to somebody. Um, uh, rarely do we need to go beyond that or tensing up, that kind of stuff. So the vast majority of calls were able to resolve just by the officers communicating with people and talking them into it, essentially. Have you noticed that, I know, um, I'll, I'll probably name the elephant in the room, has the public attitude, you know, probably in lieu of uh, George Floyd and the issues that happened, have, have you noticed a change of how people treat you, respect you, I mean, the ideas of doing a stop right now and having someone take their camera and pointing at you with the video on, you know, uh, that's got to be unnerving. Well, we're very used to that. Um, if somebody records us, as long as they're doing it in a safe way that doesn't endanger the public or, or the uh, or um, or the officer, uh, that's fine. You know, go ahead. We're, we're used to it. It happens all the time. And all of our officers have body cams. We have had them for years and years now. So we're recording you, recording us kind of thing. So sure. And it's fine. It, that, that, that's okay. We're not, we're not, uh, we don't have anything really to hide. Uh, so transparency is important uh, for us. Um, talking about the opinion um, you know, that, that uh, since those incidents have occurred, um, obviously there's a lot more scrutiny on, on law enforcement. And luckily, a lot of the safeguards that have been proposed, we have already had in effect here in, in Chippewa Falls and in the Chippewa Valley. I mean, I think the Chippewa Valley, uh, in, by and large, has a great law enforcement, very professional uh, departments. So, but... People who are already have a bit of a proclivity to be anti, you know, law enforcement, that kind of stuff, it's certainly thrown in our face a lot by those kind of people, you know, and it, it, whether it's something they actually believe in or if it's just to try to get a get a rise out of us, to get our officers to do something they shouldn't do, um, I don't know. I guess it's up to the individual where they actually believe what they're saying. But we certainly have heard of it uh, on the street, but, um, you know, those... Those people are going to have their opinions, but we know from what we've seen from the public at large that they support us. And we've seen that. We've seen that from the many people who have come up and, and made comments to us from the blue lights. 
you know, when you're driving at night and night shift and it's cold, but you see the blue lights when you're, when you're an officer, it, it helps. It means a lot when you see the signs in the yards that are supporting law enforcement and, um, and you know, everything through last year, it was just an outpouring of support during one of the toughest times we've ever had. Uh, the outpouring of support was the greatest I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, I, I think nationally you see those kind of things and they bother us, you know, cause we're police officers. Uh, but locally we know that the people support us. Um, so that, that helps. One thing I find, uh, intriguing about, uh, this line of work is you look at some other lines of work, let's say, uh, a teller here at the bank is going to handle a lot of money during the course of the day. You get a lot of work, uh, you know, counting money and what have you. Policing is one of those jobs where there's a lot of training, a lot of preparedness for events that may never even happen. And when they do happen, it's it's still a lot of split second decisions. Uh, you know, we've we've seen national national things and all of that, but even on a local level, uh. uh things that can happen that you prepare for but you may only experience once if ever in your career how how difficult is it to to stay on alert as a police officer well it's something that we train a lot officer safety is something that we train more than anything else even though like you said it doesn't happen all the time but you have to be prepared for it one of the things that that we've done and that you know the state has done is incorporate a lot of what's called scenario-based training which is essentially you have trainers that are trained in scenario-based training and they act, they act, they, they fill a role like an actor would and an officer or trainee would go in and then those uh, trainers would, would act in a certain way, whether it's as a witness or as a suspect or as a victim and the officer has to interact with them as they would in the street. And the nice thing about that is that it builds um, a memory. It builds those uh, mental pathways so that, you know, maybe they've been shot at a dozen times in these scenarios, whereas they've never have in real life, but they still have experienced the the next closest thing. And that's the best thing we can do right now to prepare them for those eventualities is to do that scenario-based training. And they really hammer on that uh, at CVTC and the other technical colleges where we have police academies. And then that translates right through to to certainly our agency and I know other agencies. We we do a lot of scenario-based training for that very reason. Well, based on that, then what sorts of people today are applying for positions in the police department versus, you know, has that changed from 20 years ago? Well, certainly the numbers have changed. Uh, the numbers have gone down drastically. Since, you know, 2012, we had uh, well, over 200 candidates. And when I applied in uh, 1999, um, you know, there was uh, auditoriums full uh, for, two, for one position. Um, so it's, it, and now we, our lowest, uh, applicant number was, I want to say last year, the year before we had four. Wow. Apply. Uh, so it, it's been a steady decline since 2012, um, you know, and, uh, down to that. Now we are coming back up, which is good. And I've talked to, uh, some of the local, um, uh, colleges, technical colleges, and they're seeing recruitment numbers come up. The academies are full. So I hope we're on the other end of that. Uh, we had 15 apply last time, which was more than the time before. So I, I hope we are seeing an increase. As far as the people, it's got to be someone who's going into this with the right mindset. And I will say that an important thing 
that almost every candidate comes in and interviews us is why did you apply for the Chippewa Falls Police Department? It's because you connect with the community is very important to me that we do things like National Night Out and Citizens Academy that we you know that we go out with with community members and kids and those kind of things and have positive interactions. Uh, so that's important for them. Um, also, training is very important for them. This generation really wants to learn and, and train and and become the best at what they're about. And obviously a big part of it is you have to want to help people and you have to be willing to put yourself in danger to do that. And that's not for everybody. Uh, but the people we have coming through the door, even though they're low numbers, they're very high quality. I mean, we have some of the, I think we have some of the best officers uh, um, in the area. Uh, they have done incredible things over the last uh, year or last couple of years. Um, we've been tested and we've performed very well. So I think that speaks to the caliber of people that are coming through. Not a ton, but the ones we get are great. You touched on it there uh, in, in the course of that answer a little bit. I want to uh, dig off the surface uh, of that. What really makes a, a good police officer? You know, what is it? You kind of talked about the the mental makeup there. There is a physical element uh, to a good police officer as well. We've all seen the police academy movies from the, the 80s and whatnot. But uh, what does overall, the whole package, because you want quality. Obviously, you want quantity, but you also want quality. And that's been you know, one of the big discussions the last number of years as well. You, you want quality uh, in your in your police force right yes that's that's absolutely true um, what we're looking for is uh, people that uh, have integrity number one if, if you don't have integrity uh, um, don't apply nobody wants you for that no law enforcement agency wants you um, in our day and age well, it's always been this way but especially now compassion is important and taking I want officers that are going to think about what is the best uh, result of any call that they're on, you know, and use compassion for their situation and pick what is going to be the best result for the community and for that individual. And sometimes that's going to jail, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes that's uh, sending them to a diversion program or, or, or those kind of things. So we have so we have a myriad of options now in law enforcement, and a lot of those decisions are made at the street level uh, by the officers, and um, and they're very impactful. And we've had people come back later, even people we've arrested, saying that um, that interaction really was the one that made them uh, decide to change their life. You know, so um, officers that are willing to look at the big picture and not just write the ticket, but um, you know, sometimes do that, but uh, ones that are really kind of looking at what is the best result for for everybody, uh, and they have to be brave we have to have brave um, officers that are willing to uh, put themselves in danger reasonable danger uh, but put themselves in, in in harm's way if necessary so and we've seen that that's what the public expects that's what i expect and uh and that's what we're going to deliver well chief you've hardly touched the beer so i mean <laughs> we're pelting you with all these questions so it, it, it enjoy have a little bit of it uh, while you're enjoying a little bit I, I have a question for you. i'm going a little off script here i hope it's not not too um, controversial, but there's been uh, one of the political areas are gun control, and should we be, you know, should we ban assault weapons? Should we, you know, uh, from your perspective, you know, you literally are on the front lines in terms of citizens having guns, and this is an apolitical show, so I'm, this isn't a gotcha question, but I guess you know, what's your opinion? What do you see out there? And um, is this something that it, is, is this a political issue that we should really grapple with or is or not? 
As far as gun control in general, it's hard to answer that without giving some kind of political uh, response. Obviously, I believe in the Second Amendment. Obviously, I believe in the right of people to protect themselves. Um, I have the ability to protect myself uh, inside my home. I think other people should have that as well. Um, obviously, it, you need to be responsible, and I think that's the most important thing is that if you're going to have a firearm, if you're going to carry a firearm, you need to be responsible uh, with it. And I, I think if that happens, then, um, then that's going to be the best-case scenario for everybody. Great, 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 great perspective. Uh, what types of crime right now, and, and I know you do, I hate to just go about negative about crime because you also do, you know, you help the community. I mean, there's, there's a lot more things you, 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 you do than just crime. So I apologize for just taking the, the, the negative look on this, but what, what's most prevalent? I mean, in terms of your, your, your daily log of things, what do you deal with on, a, on an average day? Well, I mean, day shift and night shift are, are, are different. They deal with different things. You know, crashes, you know, that's common. Traffic stops. Those sorts Traffic of stops, crashes, those kind of things. Um, officers investigate thefts, you know, and they, and they work those investigations. So that, that's pretty common. A lot of, uh, you know, I would call check persons calls if somebody's acting unusual or somebody, um, you know, is, is concerned about a neighbor or something like that. That's a common call for us to go on as well. Um, but, the, you know, you have the more serious calls like, like domestics and those kind of things. And unfortunately, we have had a lot of mental health, a lot of mental health related calls. And our officers are trained um, to, to, uh, to deal with those calls. Um, I mean, we're not mental health experts. We do have training in that area. We do test, again, with scenario-based training, uh, our, our officer's ability to handle those kind of calls. Um, but it, it is a challenge, and it's something that, um, you know, as, our, as the population gets, gets older, um, we do deal with more um, dementia and, and those kind of, uh, of uh, calls. But then also the, um, the kids uh, that are in, high, they're in school now, um, there's, and there's been reports on, uh, you know, on, um, increased rates of, uh, anxiety and those kind of things. So, um, but then just, yeah, mental health, whether it's related to, uh, drug use or just, um, just mental health in general, it is a challenging call for us and it is a fairly common one. Want to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. We got about 10 minutes left here, right? And, 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 and it's one of those things that I, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of good stuff uh, that, that police officers and police departments do and they're involved in. I, I, I remember growing up being a part of the, the D.A.R.E. program. We could have a whole thing on what the D.A.R.E. program was 30 years ago. Uh, but the things people want to talk about are crime and whatnot. So let's loosen it up a little bit here. You're in a, I'm going to give you a scenario while Jerry prepares his next question. You're in another town. You're, you're driving out of state or whatever, and you're driving the speed limit 35 miles an hour in a 35, and you, you, you pass by. Uh, There's a cop hanging out behind a, a billboard there. Does your heart go in your throat too like it does the rest of us? When we go, we, we all look at the, speed, at, the, at the speedometer right away and go, oh, thank God. <laughs> I do check my speed. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly do, um, but you know they got a job to do. I, I know the job that they do, so um, I make sure that I that I drive safely. So, but yeah, if, if they're if they're behind me, I check my rearview mirror and those kind of things. But um, it, it's it's good to know a police chief does the same thing the rest of us do, where we all go, oh, you you maybe you're going, you know, not that I've ever sped in my life or whatever, but maybe you're going 36 in the 35, and you you, you pass by a parking lot that a cop is hanging out, and then you, you spend the next uh, block or two looking in your rearview mirror to see if uh, the lights come on. <laughs> well, we are human. So human responses, we, we have those as well. 
All right, so I'll go back to be, be, be the, the care of doom over here. But, Don't uh, worry, I loosened it up. I softened yeah, it up again. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, not maybe so much in, in Chippewa, but maybe I'm aware of this, homelessness. Mm. Is, is, is an issue that seems to be rising nationally. I know it's uh, growing in Eau Claire. I guess there's a bit of it in Chippewa Falls now. What is policing role in, in that issue, if, if any at all? Well, you know, the thing with homelessness, especially in Chippewa Falls, you know, we're in Wisconsin, it gets super cold. We, do we have people camping out all night uh, or, or over the winter? No, not really. Not not very often. Um, and really the homelessness issue in, in Chippewa, because we're part of a chain of, of cities and the biggest one being Eau Claire, and typically that's where people who are homeless go because they believe correctly or incorrectly, that there's more services there. So th they tend to have more of it than we do. Uh, the type of homelessness that we run into most uh, often is, you know, can be called couch surfing or something like that. You know, that, that's a common term that I've heard. It's people that are bouncing from house to house. Uh, and really, there's a lot of people, um, not just in Chippewa Falls, but, but all over that are one uh, argument away one paycheck away one lost job away from you know not having the ability to to uh to have somewhere safe to stay that's probably what we run across most often is not the people you know sleeping under the bridge it's the people that uh, got into an argument or domestic disturbance or something like that and all of a sudden they don't have anywhere safe to go so our role in law enforcement is really to connect them with services so we, we um, I've worked with uh, with homelessness for for quite a bit um, I know that uh, there are, thankfully we do have resources to connect them with in Chippewa Falls um, and uh, and we and we've made those calls for people um we don't have a shelter something like that but we do we can connect them with services that they can then talk to in the morning and if it's an emergency we have the ability to help those people as well so as we're kind of wrapping things up i've got two final questions one just um for those of us your list who are listening what can citizens best do to protect themselves and assist you the best thing they could do is is to stay informed. Um, you know, follow our social media, follow our, um, our our website. You know, watch the news and those kind of things. And really, if you see something, say something. Trust your instincts. If something doesn't look right, give us a call. You're not bothering us. Uh, if it's an emergency, call 911. If it's not an emergency, every police department has a non-emergency number. Uh, and if it's something that really can wait, it's not 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 time sensitive at all. Send us an email something like that we would be happy to, to interact with people but because in Chippewa there's 26 police officers but there's 14,000 people and 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 they see way more than we do and really police work has to be a partnership between police who do this 24 7 and the community who is also responsible for safety so well, I think the key term there is don't feel like you're tattling no <laughs> no uh, no it, what if you see somebody that might or might not be in distress give us a call because we've had those calls where we've saved a life as a result of that. So, um, and if you think something's wrong, it could be. So there's no problem with calling. Uh, we we want to know that information. And if it means we go there, everything's fine and we leave, no problem. That's the best scenario. My final question is, Is do home, I say, do home electronics help? I mean, you've got a ring service, you've got cameras, home security services. Uh, from your perspective, do these have value? Uh, yes or no? Yes, they absolutely help. 
uh, ring doorbells, any kind of uh, camera system, we use those. We've used those in, in, in a number of crimes. In fact, it's now pretty common practice for us if we do a neighborhood canvas following a, some kind of a, a crime. Uh, we ask them, do you have a ring doorbell or you have some other kind? It doesn't have to be ring, but some other kind of uh, video recording system. Uh, it, that's that's become commonplace. Cameras are everywhere. You can't you can't go downtown shopping without being on pro dozens of cameras. Probably that's just life nowadays. Uh, but then um, things like uh, automatic security lights and that kind of stuff uh, are good too for deterring crime and letting you know something's wrong. Criminals typically don't like to be seen doing what they're doing. So. Um, for example, if you have to park outside, uh, park near a security light, somebody wants to steal your catalytic converter, they're going to have to watch every, have, have, be watched while they're doing so, so, and they don't like that. Hey, before we let you go, uh, police work is, is a 24-7 job. When you're, when you're the chief, no doubt it's, it's always on your mind, but when you are trying to clear the mind, what are some of the passions uh, that help you to, to sort of get away? Well, I mean, the most comforting thing for me uh, is knowing that if I'm not available, like now, mm -hmm. to go in for anything, uh, I have great officers, lieutenants, sergeants who can handle anything. So that, that allows me to kind of decompress. Um, I like uh, playing cards. I like uh, uh, taking trips, which we haven't been able to do for a while, but uh, doing those kind of things, uh, those are those are things that I really enjoy. Um, I've been working out uh, with my son and my family, uh, and that's been great to get back into. So, you know, those are the those are the things that, that I enjoy. I, I enjoy playing video games and that kind of stuff, too. So, <laughs> you know, everyone's got to have some, some kind of a release. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Yep. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you for listening to Scott and I chat over beer with Officer Kelm. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please give Bank with a Beer a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, or wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Bank with a Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.